This is MC Fireside Chats, a weekly show devoted to the outdoor hospitality industry, hosted by Brian Searle and Kara Sismadia. You'll hear from special guests that focus on topics to help your business succeed, all backed by Modern Campground, the most innovative news source in the industry. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of MC Fireside Chats. My name is Brian Searle with Insider Perks here, as always, with Karis Ismati from the Canadian Camping and RV Council and Mr. Dara Buza, the Editor-in-Chief of Modern Campground. Super excited to have a show for you today talking about the upcoming fall conferences. So we've got a couple guests here that we're going to introduce in a moment. Disorganized this morning from my standpoint. Hopefully everybody else is prepared. I just got back from vacation, so I'm wearing my headset. I don't even have my nice mic on. I've got a sweatshirt on because it's not cold in Canada. I'm just talking about fall conferences, so I was trying to feed myself. Uh, wear a costume. That's the story I'm going with. I'm sticking to it, but glad to have you all here watching the show. If you're watching us on any of the Facebook pages, please drop a comment. If you have a question for Joss, Lori, Joe, or anything else related to fall conferences, and we'll get that on the show talk about it with you. And as a reminder, we're available as a podcast on MC Fireside Chats later on, if you would like to watch the show too. So we're going to go around the room and just introduce ourselves. I think everybody knows most of our guests here, but Mr. Joss, Penny, do you want to start? Yeah, yeah. Yes, Penny, executive director of the BC Lodging and Capgrounds Association here in beautiful British Columbia. Hi, I'm Laurie Severson, and I'm with Severson and Associates. <laughs> Creative name, Laurie. I just wanted to. Oh, yes, yeah, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I have 25 <laughs> years to get it figured out. <laughs> now, what's the story later of how you came up with that? I want to know. <laughs> uh, right. Joe, go ahead. Sorry. Joe Deming with At My Community. Brian invited me here because as, as we met, on the circuit. Brian and I going to pretty much every show that happens in the U.S. and a few in Canada as well. Nice. All right. Beautiful lake in your background, by the way, Joe. Yeah. I met uh, one of our customers, Parks, Hearthside Grove Lake Erie in Geneva on the Lake, Ohio. And right. uh, every, it's a motor coach. So it's all motor, motor coach facility. So that's all pull-ins. A bunch of them face these little ponds. They have them with fountains all over the property. That's um, And we have we got hooked up with a really nice site with its own fire pit, two different patios, one with the table of chairs, nice. and one with a fire pit. It's a really nice place. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, rich like yeah. It's nice blue, beautiful lake in the right. background too. Yeah. So it's been good so far. We've only been here uh, one day. <laughs> the kids are all out on a golf cart ride. I'm a great time. Right on. I'm super excited to jump into fall conferences. Like we got a lot going on and a lot different variations that we're going to talk about today. I know uh, Mr. Daryl's doing some research on some other conferences we'll cover once we talk about Lori and Joss's too, and Joe's perspective from a vendor who's attending both of these, but it's a totally different landscape. Now we've got Joss's conference who we had hoped was going to be hybrid event staff at the hotel kind of prevented that, but it's going to be a virtual show for Joss. And then Lori's got an in-person show coming up in December here. First time ever for her show. We're going to dive into those details and it's just interesting how we've got both virtual in-person. And I think that we're going to move toward more of a hybrid for some of these shows in the future too. Mm-hmm. Just different perspective, just different experiences and, and all kinds of different advantages to both sets of things. So where do we want to start Kara? 
I would love to hear about, I don't know if you want to touch on this, but why the transition for, for BC's conference from the in-person plan to, to virtual and how that transition has worked out and uh, yeah, I, specifics to, to the ideas forum, which I'm excited to attend. Can't wait. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Um, I, I think it, we can go back to the fact that last year was a gap year. 2020 yeah. with COVID and uh, most of the shows and most of the face-to-face -face went online. We had hoped this year, uh, we carried over our hotel, which was in Kelowna. Uh, we'd hoped to have our ideas forum in person in 2021, in October 19th to, to uh, the 21st. But as you probably found out, uh, this little Delta variant has decided that it's going to be very different and it has affected largely or vaccinated or led to the situation whereby we weren't open in time to be able to have the conference on in Kelowna. So that really inspired way back in late July, mid-August when it started to, to surge. And so we made the decision at that whole time to go 100% virtual because we had in our mind that we were going to have 50% on the ground and 50% virtual and the virtual allows us to be able to bring speakers from around North America that we could never afford to parachute into British Columbia. I, yeah. Go ahead, Kara. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I admire the ability to be so adaptable. <laughs> I, I know that it, it's such a, a big undertaking, the virtual portion. So to start that kind of later, I think. It's probably uh, a lot on your plate. Good onion for making the shift. Happy to make the shift. In reality, it gives us the opportunity to record and develop a learning center that we were early would never have done it. And so our conferences, and that's an advantage we're going to get. And then we'll be able to relay those uh, materials out for those exhibitors that are there as well. They'll be able to be promoted throughout the year and people will have a voice, be able to see that voice decades throughout the year. And that's what we're hoping that eventually becomes our learning center. So over time we'll have the hybrid event and, and, and everything will be recorded. And so we'll end up with a much stronger output from an event that we've been organizing for many years. Yeah. Wouldn't we've been wasting the knowledge that, that's sitting there because it's not being consumed by those people that are present. Exactly. I want to dive more into your conference, Joss, and I'm so sorry, I had a delay here. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I want to dive more into your conference, Joss. But Lori, I'm curious, do you have a hybrid component to yours? And we'll talk more about yours too, but. Sure. At this point, we do not. That definitely may be an option. Definitely, Joss makes some awesome points. And that's really true. It gives you a, such a great opportunity to be able to share other things with other people. Yeah. Joe, what do you think from a vendor perspective? Like, obviously you've attended virtual from CCRVC before that yep. we had, uh, and some of the Arvix and KOAs and all those kinds of things you obviously attended in person, but we all have, uh, what do you, what do you think from a vendor perspective? How could a hybrid event work for a vendor? So the majority of virtual events for us did not work terribly good. CCRVC was great. There was a lot of interaction with the, with attendees and that one was really well put together. Um. But most of the other ones, there was not that much interaction between the vendors and the attendees. And so I think hybrids could be harder. I think on a, from a supplier's, uh, from a vendor side, in-person or virtual, would, it would have to be the vote one way or the other, because 
I think it would be really hard to have hybrid or virtual suppliers that are getting too much traction from a hybrid event. Your in-person people aren't going to go find the computer and log into the suppliers. And then the other people, the focus is also on the in-person too. And so there's not a, like the putting on the show isn't going to focus that much on those suppliers. So I think from a supplier perspective, I would rather do one or the other. I think hybrid will be hard. Now, again, maybe we come up with some really creative way to make it work, but, but it seems like that's going to be even harder than the virtual. At, at yeah. most of the virtual conferences have not stacked up on the suppliers. Out of it. So I want to clarify that Joss's platform, Joss is using the same platform that mm -hmm. CPR used and some of those similar vendor access things like the feed networking and stuff like that is being employed there. Is that correct, Joss? Yes, we are going to have the speed dating and we are going to have the booth. The difference that we're going to do is, is as I said, we're going to take the messaging that we've got and we're going to rebroadcast that messaging through our supplier updates and rebroadcast it throughout the year. I think that's the advantage there. I hear what you're saying, Joe, and, and it's pretty good advice because we haven't got a hybrid yet. What you're suggesting is that when we move to that hybrid model next year, that we would have on the ground trade show, which would really be the only component that we have for those people that are there. But we could amplify that by broadcasting it to out to those people that can't attend as well. I don't know how we're going to do it, but also <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? I don't want to dive too far into hybrids because we got to cover Lori and Joss's educational content and all the things you have going on and stuff like that. But I, I do think that probably the best way to make it work is some kind of camera in every booth, like a little webcam in somebody's booth with their yeah. laptop and a speaker. And then you're live. You can, if somebody comes up to your booth, you can talk to them. If somebody comes up to the virtual, you have a live stream where you can talk to them through your mic and your camera. And so you just, whoever's staffing the booth in person can, one person can turn to virtual if somebody's there and then across the table and whatever. So I think that's how hybrid has to work is so you don't have to be two places at once. Yeah. It's fascinating. I really think there's so much benefit to, like Josh said, really generating and harnessing that content to, to use as a really valuable tool throughout the year outside of just the event. I, I think I know CCRVC's conference content has provided tons of benefit to to our members over throughout the year since January when it happened live. We've got new members joined who maybe didn't have access to or know about the conference at all who were able to consume that content and for, and prior members and conference attendees are able to go back and re-review stuff and and all those things are incredible. Uh, benefits that you just don't get from an in-person event. So it's interesting to see the appetite from the conference attendees for in-person versus virtual. Uh, we did some survey work after our event and had a really split, I think it was 51% to 49% who <laughs> were supportive of in-person versus virtual. So I think that type of data is really valuable to assess and acknowledge that a hybrid event is probably your best bet for appeasing all Both, maybe yeah. that section of that group. So Joss, tell us about some of the educational contents we can expect from your conference. We've actually made it a little bit uh, longer than we normally would. We start on the 19th uh, and we'd be very lucky in securing uh, Toby O'Rourke for president CEO of Campgrounds Canada to, sorry, KOA, Campgrounds of America, sorry. <laughs> and, and, and it's, 
We can just change your name. We'll just, I'll send yeah. an email and let her know. <laughs> swap that out. For let her know. <laughs> so I'll let and talk about the trends. But really what we tried to do is run two streams throughout it so that there is always a choice. So yeah. we're, and we've gone out to some different people that we ordinarily wouldn't have had. We've invited government people, Arts Canada and, and BC Black. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about what they're doing in, in camping for, from the point of view of parking and developing parks accessibility, that area, but we've also gone to the other end of the spectrum um, to, to camping and alternative profit centers, in particular static RVs, Urits, and we have Heather, and then we'll get that surname right, so one of you might have to help, I'm not going to put it, like chip. And uh, JJ Trey uh, coming uh, from Pistol Coat Beach Resort, talk a bit about that. We also have our annual general meeting, which we changed just to 30 minutes. And we have a provincial update from Shane Devonish from the Canadian Capital and RV Council. And then we also have Walt Judas coming from Tourism Industry Association to BC, talk about some of the recovery issues that uh, we're facing here in the tourism industry in British Columbia, which won't be unique, unique to British Columbia. There'll be something basis as we forth. And then we've got networking lounges and we've got cracker barrels as well. Talking about some of the, the issues that my members are asking me about, British Columbia so large is Wi-Fi. How do we make it a utility? That's an issue that really is big on, on many people's mind. I'm sure it all falls in with Joe, with connectivity being a really important part of having to have an app. You, you need to be connected to be able to access those apps. We do have a presentation on that so they're convenient and affordable. And that didn't hit by Joe. Sorry, Joe. Hit by you. No, he is a member, John Barber, to talk about it. But, and then we got exciting. We're going to, this year, we launched in British Columbia, the campus code. We launched it in June. It's nine uh, messages to try and change people's behavior. We've noticed in British Columbia this year, there's been a real disrespect uh, amongst people. Bad behaviors are, are really prevalent in campgrounds, walking through sites, be drinking late, talking to people, be pushy. It's really changed the attitude of people. They thought it was most. Uh, COVID after waves and what euphoric and out that four years has that come into a pushback against having to be locked down a little bit more. So I mean, hopefully to have a good section of which uh, reservation software is best for people because a lot of people will have made that switch from being uh, uh, paper or, or their own system to an online system because they've had to go touchless because of COVID. So uh, now they're shopping for different systems. They call a system, they might like their current system, and they want to change the system. And which one do they change it to? Do they, or do they make, make the same mistake? I align it to when we had um, the franchise system, where, but with hotels, when they would just jump from one franchise to the next franchise. And we're going to have things like setting the rates, a panel of four to full time RVs. And then we're going to be into the social media as well. We're going to have Brian doing his Google, Facebook research insights. I think it's really important people to be able to understand that social media does have benefits for them. And it's as well as the other side of it, social media has pushback and we're going to be handling that in our cancellation policies. We've seen a lot of people this year that, that are really upset with having to cancel and not having to pay a cancellation policy. And they've taken to negotiating through social media and uh, pushing back against gap grounds. And so we're having a big uh, discussion about that too. So I haven't touched on everything, Brian. I don't want to, you know, to monopolize the, the the conversation, but we do wrap up with a keynote presentation from the new CEO, Richard Porges, Destination British Columbia. And he's going to talk a bit about what Destination BC 
just the marketing agency for British Columbia, how they are going to push forward with the recovery as we get to welcome Europeans back and as we welcome Americans back in larger numbers. And also as Canadians themselves start to explore outside of their border, it's going to change the mix of campus though, and our views. Sounds like a really good lineup. Wow. Like a, yeah. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. So exciting. Can't wait. So I want to flip here just for a second and we'll get back to Josh talking about some of that, but I want to flip to Lori here, who's bringing us a brand new, never before seen thing in the industry, which I feel like is cool. I like change. Yeah. I, yeah. I used to eat at Arby's a long time ago and different is good. <laughs> so. Like we've had the same thing over and over again. So tell us before you talk about your, what we've got in December, Lori, how did this whole idea come about and why do you feel it's necessary? You know what? We actually, this is sort of an idea that I've had for a long time. And unfortunately it's not just mine. We have as trainers, a lot of us have done things where we do behind the scenes tours and that type of thing with some of the some of the people in, in the industry do well in, especially in the entertainment industry. And we've, for, I guess I can try to tap dance around the name here, but one of the, you know, one of the majors does a lot of industry back of the house kind of training. And that's really what this is really about. Branson always has been a pet project of mine because they are an interesting community. They very much are like campgrounds in the fact that they have worked with their members and they're in their town and came together and they've just really done some amazing things in that community. The families are all very unique. So each one of them kind of start their business and some of them have been in business a hundred years. So it's pretty fabulous. They started out in campgrounds and it's fun to see how they fill the seats, how they bring people into the town, how they get people to come together. And to me, I always feel like if you don't expand and learn from other industries, at some point you really go through everything that has been done for a while. This is totally different. It's, it'll be going and talking to people who have literally been in business for a hundred years with their family members and um, have started out performing in campgrounds and will tell you how they've progressed, what they do for ancillary income, how each family member participates and some of those kinds of things. So it should be fun, exciting, and totally different. Yeah. Branson is fascinating to me. Like I've been there a couple of times. My sister actually used to, does now, so she moved and then moved back. She lives in Springfield, Missouri, oh, so about sure. an hour up the road from Branson. And yeah. so yep. uh, we used to do back when Ralph, I own Newell owned the Branson KOA. We used to do some marketing for him and we, we just loved, like we went around and did some videos of him of the local theaters and dinners and attractions where he stood there and interviewed the people and talked to them about their stories. And you're right. It's fascinating how some of these people have come up and just built these unique small businesses that are in Branson and you can't find anywhere else. And it's so cool how they all work together. That's the thing that is so amazing to me. When we came and talked to them, they would say they were actually like all competitors in the room for where we were going to go or what we were going to do. And yet they all spoke so highly of each other and just said, it's really just about the experience and what you're looking for and that kind of thing. And that to me was super cool too, that they would you know, do that, that they all helped each other, if you will. And I think that's half the battle, right? Yeah. And that's interesting. We've talked about this on the show before about partnerships. 
And I think the outdoor hospitality, all of you industry, all of you will probably agree is, is unique in that we, a lot of the campgrounds who are nearby each other work together and have a great relationship. And so I think that's super valuable and super, like it, it ties in very well with the theme of the outdoor hospitality industry, talking to a similar industry who does that, does it well. So is that, uh, is that the only educational content that, that you know? No, we'll actually have several of the other things that, that will filter in with that. We'll go from cornfield to campground and do the, the many of the normal kind of little soft skill campground stuff. We'll do a little data stuff and that type of thing. But the big push is really, and the way it's going to really be different is getting both the suppliers and the campgrounds together to be able to go and visit these actual places, go behind the scenes, get information from people who have been running their businesses for hundreds of years and have went through some extreme changes and challenges, just like all of us do. So I think the being able to ask the questions and the answers and then being able to come back and say, all right, guys, how do we actually take some of this information and transform it into our business? Because some folks have trouble with the transformation and others it's really simple and easy for. So I think it'll be fun to just chat about it all together. To It'll be a neat opportunity to talk to some of the vendors one-on-one. -on -one. I think you're, it's to me, you're willing to buy from somebody that, and so the more you can get to know them uh, personally and professionally, I think the better off you are. Absolutely. I agree with you. What do you think of this, Joe, just from your perspective, what Laurie said so far? I know you're attending, so. Well, I obviously wanted to go so bad that I registered and paid twice. For me, it's personally, it's great because I live in, I'm uh, just west of St. Louis. So it's a hop, skip, and a jump for me in comparison to the other shows that we go to. But yeah, it's, it's exciting to try to get so many of the states into one area for a lot of different reasons. Some of the shows, some of the state shows, especially in the Midwest, are a little smaller or they don't even have them. They don't have shows or expos. And so it's really got to allow them, some of those states to, to get to something, see something new, as Lori said, and not have to travel so far. The, the national shows are typically on one side or the other, most on the East Coast. And it'll, it'll allow them to get there without having to fly or anything like that. I'm happy that Lori explained why it was going to be in Branson, because at first I was confused. It's a great town to have things in there. Tons of hotels. There's tons of, of things, except right. flights, you know, it's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> but then explaining that it's to meet with the performers. So I don't think anyone ever gave just a rundown of what Branson is for the people that don't know. Branson is a little town in Missouri. It has a bunch of performing musicians and shows that just over time has built up to become this kind of huge area. I think some people call it Vegas in the Midwest, even though right, right. But it's just become this uh, real um, tourist attraction. And there's, I don't know, probably 50 theaters that yeah. are running oh. year long. We're going to be there right before Christmas, which is another time they shine because the entire place is decked out in Christmas lights. Uh, wow. November, like the middle of October, I remember, like a long time. That I don't know. Yeah. So my yeah, the Christmas cap And so uh, she used to work at these places, at Big Cedar Lodge. And some of these huge places that are in Brits. It'll be great. I think, I think it'll be really nice to see and learn from some of these other businesses too. Yeah. What are the opportunities? Oh, I'm sorry. Dill makes a, a great point that one of the big issues is for a lot of the smaller states, they really don't have a great 
way, a place to go. And it makes it a little bit easier if you can be a little more central and it's close enough to drive and some of those kinds of things. I think that right. will make a difference for some of those folks. Even just getting them together and starting to form relationships so that they can maybe form a stronger organization in their state, that kind of thing, I think it's going to help. Amazing. And there is something that's clearly been missing from the industry in, in a couple of different ways, but one from a vendor perspective, right? Cause I am a vendor, Joe's a vendor, those kinds of things. Like what you're talking about, getting the people together outside of the expo, the trade show booth is something that we try to do with CCRBC and our virtual events. And we'll try to do with the hybrid events from a CampCon perspective as we plan going forward. But that relationship building is super critical. That's why Joe and I hang out at the bars after the conferences. I get more business from the bar than I do from a trade show booth almost Absolutely. always. Yeah, Brian, I'm um, there to hang out with me. But I think that's a fascinating thing, and I hope I can attend your show. The only reason I haven't registered yet, Lori, is because I'm in Canada and I'm unsure about my work permit status and we're building right, a company right. in Canada. So I just don't know if I can get back and forth with all the work, right? Yeah. If I'm issued that and it works, then I will definitely be at your show. I, I really hope I can come. Me too. I think it'll be great. It 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 is exciting. It's a first time thing. Well. Give it a whirl and see how it goes. Um, so far, so good. We've had just nothing but great comments and a lot of excitement. I, th- I think one of the theaters that we're going to go to is the Presleys. And they have they have literally been doing business with each other forever. And it's amazing to see how the children are raised in the business. And any of us that have had a campground for any period of time know that when you raise your kids in the campground, it's just a whole different experience. And uh, so I think, and I think it's the same thing in showbiz. They've had to, to do all kinds of things to help all the dance business. So it's- Imagine the peer pressure being one of those kids, right? Like your family. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And years. And like, I don't know if I want to go into the business. Maybe I, maybe <laughs> I don't, but you're going to break a hundred year tradition if you fail your family. So right. I wouldn't want to- I, I could not imagine. I would have to, Brian, be one of the, like the little pecan makers or something because yeah. I can't sing a note. So I would be in trouble. <laughs> I would have to do something, have to find some other skill, but they, that's the kind of cool thing. If you listen to some of the stories, how they kind of went off, explored other businesses, did other things, and then decided this is where my heart is. This is where I'm happiest. That type of thing. That, that was one of the questions that I had, Brian, too, for him is like, if they don't want to be part of that right. business or whatever, but they really do a good job exploring that with, with them. Well, so it's it's pretty cool. Hopefully Carla's paid them off to get you on stage while you're on the, while everyone's there. <laughs> yeah, she would have to pay a lot. <laughs> I would be pretty difficult. That, that, is, that, that is one thing for sure that I know if everybody has their skills, mine is not a singing. I know that. Watch me to make cons. <laughs> I can't even lip sync. <laughs> so Lori, if you're willing to share with us real quick, how has registration slash vendor signs up been so far? Since it's really good. We're very excited about it. And many of the people are really uh, stepping up to make this a fabulous show, not just a okay show, but a real fabulous show. We Commercial Rack is one of our big sponsors and they're actually going to put a peach out in, instead of a booth, it'll be like a beach wow. area. Yeah, so it'll be really cool. Some of the major sponsors will be serving the beverages. Brian, that you and Joel get together at the bar together. <laughs> so they'll be doing that. So they'll be serving beverages. and It'll be an atmosphere where it's just a lot more conducive to networking and chatting and having discussions and that type of thing than uh, necessarily your solid, okay, this is my 
10 by 10 little space here. Uh, and that is the beauty of this location. There is just like endless space. I'm so excited about that because uh, many of our shows have been really confined at the amount of space that we have. But here it's just like huge amounts of space. I've, I've told many of my state people that, hey, you can have a meeting in any one of the rooms because there's plenty of space. I wish it was summer. Like we should have a couple classes on the duck boats that go in France. Yeah, there you go. Not a couple. Yeah. Not a Not a Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I know the story, but it's not I, anyway. What, Joe? Don't get negative here, Joe. <laughs> Only good things happen in Branson. But yeah, that sounds like a really good show. I hope I can attend. So I'm curious, how do you? Maybe you want to touch briefly on some of the other educational sessions you have, Lori. I don't know if you want to do or not, but I'm curious, like Josh and Lori, if you want to just comment on this interchangeably. How do you decide? Obviously, there's member feedback polls, things like that. How do you decide what sessions to have, what years, at what conferences, and why? I could start if you want, Joss. I think one of the things is there, there's a set of, a set of things that members struggle with and we hear about them all year. What are all the things that are their struggles? So you try to fix their pain points any way that you can try to figure out, okay, what sessions would really help them. And I always look at what are the things that can help them make money, solve a problem, get ahead keep motivated because I think that's a, a big thing, especially, you know, during the 4th of July, that type of thing. So yeah. um, that's how we look at, okay, what kind of sessions should we have? Just very similar to that. We look at uh, the turnover rate, how many new people are coming into the industry and how many people are exiting as an add on to that. We also take a look at, at what trends uh, are over the horizon. Are we going to, we're going to see in 22, 23, 24, and moving towards the end of a, of a decade, we approach it from that point of view, very similar to, to, to Laurie too. We, we do the topical ones. I mentioned the cancellation policy is really up on it. The behavior of people are, uh, uh, has really been an issue that we picked up on the last two years. Uh, and then the other one is a shortage of employees, which uh, oh, yeah. we, so we can see some of the trends there that you need to do. I think there's another trend that's happening too. For the renewal on our, on our board, we, we, this is the first year we haven't had any issue with actually attracting directors. Yeah. So there's been a real change. At, and those people that are coming are younger and then, and they're more used to being on a line and more used to social and more, and so it's a different type of networking. We've got a switch on our board because, which is happening at the CGM. That's why I'm talking about it. For the first time, we'll have more ladies than men. Wow. Yeah. The major shift, uh, and so we're seeing a, a real change in, in, in behavior of people and the younger uh, people, younger that fit, most of them are less than 50 years of age. So it's really exciting to see this renewal and this change. And I think that's why we're looking at going hybrid and going that way, because people like in British Columbia, it's the same as other places and it's so sparse, yeah. tough to get together, but what the virtual does and what the online does is allows people to be connected and to feel connected, but it doesn't do the same thing that, that Laurie's doing and, and what Joe has talked about. It doesn't put them in a bar or a room to be able to look you in the eye and to create that networking thing. And, and, and it's really strange to me because I've spoken to lots of members this year. It's a large number of people that, are, that don't want to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how you get to these people. They want to consume stuff and they want answers to questions, but they don't want to connect physically with people. In person. 
Yeah. We just don't know. So this is the conundrum that we're faced with as, as we go forward. There will still be that requirement for, for connectivity and touching people, but it, it's an interesting thing. We're trying to come to grasp, grapple with that. How do we change to, to address that new phenomenon that's coming? And, and, and a lot of them are consuming information from their peers through face, Facebook groups or, or types of forums like this one. They may never come to actually an event. And, and so I think Larry and I are both in the same business of trying to get people to, to pony up to the, to the table and, and say, there are learning experiences either in person or virtual. And, and we need to be able to, to participate in that. How do we participate? And that's what we're trying to do when we looked at it. Uh, as to how do we adapt to this changing environment? Yeah, I will say when I was talking earlier about it, I was coming strictly from a vendor perspective. I think hybrid is great for attendees. Attendee-wise, there's so many positives to it. You can attend from any others to people that can't go and that, that aren't there for the networking because there's a lot of people that just go, there's people that go and don't even attend a session when they're going to the live show. They're going there for networking and that's it. Some people are just going for the trade show, but a lot of people are trying to get something out of it. And so mm -hmm. they can do that from home. It's cheap. A lot of times it's cheaper. They should send two or three of their staff to it. And then sometimes the can be evergreen, depending on the show, they can put it out in newsletters like jobs or six months. That's a, it's a real big positive for attendees, but I was just talking about it straight up from the vendor perspective. Yeah, and I hear you from the vendor perspective, it, you lose that connect, you, you lose that ability, and then it becomes much more of a, my local representative can, can drop in and see me at my campground, so I'll do business with my local representative because they, yeah. even, they may not necessarily be the, the and that and the brand loyalty seems to have changed too. And I was mentioning that with the property management systems, mm -hmm. chopping and changing, and it's become more about price. And as well as service and, and the relationship part of it is very Yeah. I think you're so right there when you say that, that connection piece, how, how do you make that happen? Because if we could figure out a way to do both is it's great. The more, the more reminders that you can get for people, the better. I don't know how many times I've had members say, I need that member, the one that's just right in the corner when you turn. But they are there or they know right where they are, but they can't remember their name or, or whatever. I feel like if we can get everybody on that first name basis, man, that will make a huge difference. So it really is about developing those relationships. And then I think that price just goes away and teaching people to buy at the show, I think is super important too, because bottom line is who really puts on the, the show, the, the money comes from the vendors. No other, you can say whatever you want to say about it, but bottom line, I don't know, I don't know a trade show, but isn't put on by the, those vendors. They're the ones that, that make it work, the money work. Mm. And yeah. none of us can learn anything if we don't have some of that money thing happening. And there are, and there are two schools of th thinking here. Like one, I want, or one thing I want to address and then one, just go back to what Joss talked about, but with the trade show specifically, like, yes, you as Lori, you as Joss, you as whoever's organizing these trade shows can do, should be doing these things that we're not seeing done enough, facilitating the relationships and all those kinds of things that we talked about, but some of it's on the vendor side too. Sure. Like you have to right. be a vendor who wants to develop those relationships and not just focused on price too. So a lot of it's on us. Uh, yeah, it's a very symbiotic relationship. I think you can't, as a vendor, I, I don't think you can 
sign up and pay the bill and then sit at your table and wait for the people to come to you. That, right. that proactivity really ends up being what sets vendors apart from the rest of the, the trade show participants. So I, I think that stuff is vital. It, it takes team effort for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and Kara, before I forget, like going back to what Josh said about more women being on his board than not, I feel like this is a show that we need to plan for the future, talking about women and the right industry as a whole. Uh, because Josh, like I'll sign up for, I'll pay double for supplier memberships because I, I feel like I don't want to stereotype the whole male industry, but if women are leading it, it's probably going to be better. Let's just, yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Tell <laughs> me. Well, so we're traveling around to customers and some non-customers. We've been to 10 King from so far and I, it's probably about 50, 50 in terms of being ran by a man or a woman campground industries for the one that we've been going to. So I'm sure there's getting a lot, be a lot more influence in the boards and stuff like that. Amazing to hear. All right, Daryl, did you have a chance to pull up anything about some of these other shows? And maybe we can just comment on them. We tried to have a few more guests on the show. I emailed Don Bennett from Coney. Uh, he didn't get back to me. It was admittedly super short notice. I invited him on Monday because I was on vacation and forgot. But we got, do we have anything pulled up from Coney or Pennsylvania show or some of the other things that are coming up, Daryl? Put you on the spot. Yes, I have three. I have the New York show happening in Niagara Falls on October 31st. To November three, we have a, a website we can share and let me follow her. Let's see if I can do that right now. There you go. Okay, Donnie puts on a great show too. They are fun in New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is the fifty seventh exposition for the outdoor hospitality industry and trade show. That is a mouthful. <laughs> All right. It's happening on October thirty first, twenty twenty one. Up to Wednesday, November 3, 2021. You can take a look quick. Yeah. Do we, do we know, and, and, and well, I want to go through this with you, Daryl, but do we know, Lori, or maybe I, I just don't know because I'm not attending all these trade shows, but are any of these overlapping <laughs> each other? Because that used to be a big problem before, right? You had to choose. I, I know when we were looking um, for our show, that though was something that we really wanted to make sure didn't happen. So we were careful uh, not to be over either New York KOA, Jellystone, any of those. And that's why we're, we are the December show, you know, that in <laughs> But yeah, I think that is an important thing. At camp, the campground uh, professionals, uh -huh. we, we work really hard to make sure that doesn't happen within our states because it, it is difficult for the vendors. So we want to try to make sure that we're not overlapping. Yeah, I believe, Brian, one of the, one of the main overlaps, I believe this year they modified it so that they were not going to overlap this year. Oh, cool. So I think. Uh, Good. Yeah. I remember, I think 2019 was the first year that nothing overlapped. And then I don't know, I think <laughs> some things over, I think it was just a coincidence, but uh, yeah, it's really nice. Okay. Sorry, Daryl. Uh, let's go through this. I'm going to blow it up here on the screen so we can see a little bit better. Let's please. All right. So um, this is the itinerary that they have on Sunday for registration and then uh, certified pool operator training. I saw somewhere oh. that you, yeah, I saw somewhere that you need to bring a, oh, there you go, bring a swimsuit and a towel. So that should be fun. <laughs> I wonder, is this a, like a, like training on a campground owner how to run their pool or? I I would assume so. Yeah. Well, oh, it, yeah. Yeah. Certain jurisdictions here in Canada have different expectations, but I know here in Alberta, if you have a pool, you have to have a certification at the 
as an operator, as a manager, you need to have at least, I think there's a, it, even a restriction for how many on site you need to have or how many on your staff you need to have, obviously, whenever the pool is in operation and things like that. Courses are not cheap and 40 to 60 hours, I think, and stuff up here. So if, if you're able to access that kind of certification through your association, that's awesome. Yeah, some of this looks really cool. Like I'm, I'm scrolling down, let's scroll down just a little bit there. You see they have pool water rescue training. Yeah, dude. Um, cool. Like I've never seen that stuff at a conference <laughs> before. Maybe I just haven't paid attention. I feel like I've been going forever, but I like <laughs> CPR first aid training. You're probably one of those guys that goes and never attends a single session. That's not true. I attend most of all the sessions. I'm I can't kidding. Really let I'm me. kidding. Wow. <laughs> so no, I can't take a joke. You guys know me. So. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. It's hard to miss, though. It's poolside. So unless you didn't really, like, go. Hopefully it's yeah. an indoor pool. And right. I feel like it's going to be a little chilly in New York in October. But Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's November we're talking about here. Come on. November well, 1st. Yeah, November 1st. All right, what else we got here? We got budgeting for campgrounds, Coney Legal Hotline. That's super cool. Like, uh, Kara, did you ever launch one of those for CCRVC? I thought you were trying to do something like that. We have something in the works I can't really talk about yet. No, no. <laughs> Just but reveal it on the show. No one's watching, I promise. We'll keep it Well, I will Why? reveal it on the show once it's confirmed a new place. But yes, we do have something we're trying to work on uh, specific to that. So you'd be, as our members would be able to access legal advice via phone from some specific legal reps and stuff for really great pricing. So that's incredibly valuable. We'll get there. <laughs> Lori, do you do anything like that at Waco or? We do at Waco. Absolutely. We have, we have, we do have the pool school, of course, and then we do have, we have a, a legal hotline that is, is very much used, especially this yeah. year. I bet. Yep. It's great. I think the members really appreciate it. We've had it for about almost 10 years now. And wow. uh, so the attorney that we work with is really very familiar with Wisconsin law. So that's amazing. It's specific to campgrounds. So that's always nice when you have somebody trained in, if you will, because sure. otherwise they spend a lot of time looking stuff up and figuring things out. And uh, sometimes we figure out the hard way by having a, a case try to record, but then we all learn from that. <laughs> I'll be honest, that's the biggest hurdle for kind of standing in our way is finding the right partner who who understands our industry specifically and can provide the best support to, to membership for sure. It, it is really difficult to find that good person, that, that person that really wants to uh, learn the industry because yep. it is very different. Absolutely. Yeah. When you see, yeah, there's two pieces to it, like on this agenda here for Coney, and I'll just blow it up again real quick, and then we're going to move on to some other conferences. But Christine Taylor here is that industry person in the United States that's really like her parents owned a campground. And so as a consequence, I think she found her way here, but a uh, really good legal resource. But from what Lori's perspective too, like that local knowing Wisconsin, knowing Texas, knowing California, knowing Alberta, knowing whatever is, is super valuable and important too. And so that's why it's so important. Yes, join your national association, but also join your provincial state associations too. What else we got, Daryl? Yep. Very well. Yeah, we do. There we go. Let's open their packet because they don't have anything on their on the side. So there's the packet. Oh, well, I um, do. We, let me see if I recognize any people in these photos. Do we recognize? Sure. Just kidding. You can move on to the real important. Things, but... <laughs> 
All right. That's not really well. Pennsylvania is celebrating a kind of cool thing. Their executive director is retiring after 38 years in Lazarus. Holy yeah. It was wow. supposed to be like 35 and then 36 and then 37. And then is she, are, you, are we sure she's actually leaving, Lori? Yeah, I know she's actually <laughs> blonde at this point, but but they're going to have like a little celebration for her, which anybody that knows her, she just brings such a wealth of information with her. And she's such a great person. And so willing to share that really. I, I love you're talking about Bev, right? So yes, Bev. Yep. Bev so yeah, definitely a, a huge well loss for the industry, but celebration of all the things that she's given over those thirty eight years is yeah. It is really cool. And the cool thing is that her and Jason, the current um executive director of Pennsylvania, have worked together for so many years that they're not missing anything. And that's really the great part. That that says you did a great job with your with your exit strategy. Yeah, Jason's got to take over. I'm looking forward to what he can do for that associate, or is doing, but he is doing. Yep. Daryl, can you hit that plus button next to the 100% to zoom in just a little bit for us to see up at the top there? There we go. Okay, there we go. Perfect. All right. So, what do we got here? Let's see. Ooh, a get caught up party. That's the most important part of the agenda right there. Uh, we basically have to do two years worth of COVID drinking. Do we have one of those at your, at your place, Lori? Like a get caught up? No, we, we certainly could add it into that. I'm sure that we could. There's still time like, and there's plenty of room. I feel like attendance would double with a get caught up party. Double thing is a get caught up party. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> For Lori's event. It's a whole, yeah. like. It's yeah, just it's a celebration get party. party. Sounds like. Um, we singing and dancing. So. Yeah, actually. Uh, yeah. So dinner and we'll show. Yep. It's interesting. I'm seeing things like cybersecurity, 21st century travelers, that kind of stuff is, I think, important to be addressing right now as the market. We're seeing, we're seeing so much shift. Pesticide training. If that's not a real necessity that sounds super exciting. <laughs> and that's one of those things in Pennsylvania that's a mandatory thing for them. Yeah. Okay. So it's wonderful that they offer that at their convention. Right. Yeah. I'd like to see a meeting the needs of the 22nd century travelers. Can <laughs> um, we just not rush it? Well, I'm just saying it would be cool to speculate on what's going to happen. We could have that little Martian from Looney Tunes teach it. Marvin, <laughs> problem with that yeah. is the speculation. The speculation aspect is the problem. Well, you've got to be prepared. We're going to have camping on Mars. The first glamping place on Mars. Oh, you're going to be able to charge a premium for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the get to go. I know. That's what I'm saying. So you should be the first one with a license. So anyway, yeah. let's keep scrolling down here. What do we got? Okay. Let's see. Hi, farewell party for Beverly Gruber. There it is. Oh, wow. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Oh, I better be able to go to that. Be <laughs> like disco ball, dancing, strobe lights. All, I can imagine that's it still, <laughs> even at her age. So. Beverly actually has a skill. She plays a wonderful, unique instrument. I can't even tell you what it is, but it's very cool. cool. And it's like, a one-man band kind of thing. It's really cool. Will she play it for us at the farewell party? Oh, well, I bet she have... would. Right. That's I'm sure. certain she would. She grew up in the fair association industry. So she's worked with the fairs forever. So she has a lot of very colorful and fun background. Very cool. Wow. Absolutely. And then we got a lot of other cool things here. Uh, destination optimization. I don't know Kim Palmer, but I'm sure she's very qualified to teach that. Millennial campers. Christine Taylor again. 
Should we tell, like, somebody should email Jason and tell millennials spelled wrong, but good thing we're not pointing that out live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rachel's a very good teacher from Advanced Outdoor Solutions, though. Kelly Jones, I think she's she used to be with Jellystone for a number of years, and she's with, I'm trying to remember the name of the, I can't remember the name of the firm she works for now. Jenkins Organization. Yeah, they own a bunch of campgrounds and stuff like that. Christine Taylor's all over the place, everywhere, and Patrick Hardy doing a number of sessions. So, yeah, it looks like a really good uh lineup that they got going on here. What else do we have, Daryl? Do we have Arvik or Jellystone? Do we find any of that stuff? Or? Yes, we do have both. Both. All right. There we go. Arvik. Yay. November 18 till 11. No, November 8 to 11, 2021 at the Raleigh Convention Center. So it doesn't overlap anything yet. So that's good. It doesn't. Not yet. It does overlap the RVDA's convention in Vegas, actually. Mm. It's the same date. That's tough. Yeah. I'm not really in the RVDA. That's not like we should be now with modern campground covering the right. industry, mm-hmm. but Las Vegas. The fun, fun event every year. Yeah. So- All the things should either be in Las Vegas or Branson. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Yep. Even Joss's okay. live show, live show. Even Joss's show too. Yep. <laughs> yep. We did once to have it once had one to have it on a cruise ship. Oh, wow. What happened with that? Never got that. The thing should be all of North America gets together and we go and go on a cruise ship. Shit. Yeah. I mean, maybe next year we had to do that. Because here's the thing, Joss, like you can have that on the cruise ship now and do a hybrid and everyone can attend. So even if only 25 people show up to party for a week on a cruise ship, everybody else can come and live vicariously through us. <laughs> it would meet Phil to get the cream ship, and then you could do the next coast one year and the east coast next year. Yep. Fantastic. I'm on board for that. So, do we have a, a little schedule here uh, that we were able to find, Daryl? Or Yes, scheduled events. There we go. And here we are. Here we are. All right. So we've got, what do we got here? There we go. Opening in recession. The future is now. Chief Innovation Officer from Zorico. Financing. Stop. If anybody wants to comment on any of this stuff, please stop, Daryl. Where where do they do the takeaway tours? Do they say in advance? I think they did. Is it up there? Yep. Higher up there. Scroll up a little bit, Daryl. Like a, right there. We'll click on more and see if we can find out. It, it does require separate registration, but I know I've seen them post about some of the Oh, there's no more? Nothing yet. Okay, well, I'll keep my eyes open. With Fort Parks, huh? Fort Parks to learn from your ears. Okay, cool. So hopefully we'll learn more about that stuff. As it progresses. Or yeah, keep scrolling if we want to, if there's anything you guys want to jump in and talk about. Preparing parks for disasters. Yeah, that's I know. That's a broad topic. Hopefully zombies will be covered in there because that's coming eventually. For sure. <laughs> and aliens, I'm pretty sure. One day, like uh, hundreds of years, maybe, but it's coming. Like it's inevitable. Maybe the aliens thing is questionable, but zombies is definitely coming. Okay, scroll down. Over zombies over aliens? Are you serious? No, I'm not serious. Of course I'm not. <laughs> they gotta have a little commentary on the show that makes it fun. But and this is something new that Arvik's offering too, and I'm interested to see how this ends up working out. Like they've got these master classes that I think are in a separate location. Um <laughs> other than the regular sessions. And I don't know why they chose to do that, but it's, it's interesting to see how these take off too. Uh, why so it's my fault. Understanding mindset. <laughs> and leadership. 
this is some fake stuff here. I know yeah. we should take this course. <laughs> well, with me, I should probably take that course. Yeah. You're on the list. Yeah. <laughs> I better be at the top of the list. So yeah. I don't know the top close. It's a massive agenda anyway. Yeah. Touching on a few things that are really important, like they have a session on insurance, which really is a, a, yeah. a buzz thing. Game, yeah, right now, you bet. Go ahead, keep scrolling, Daryl. Got some breakouts, ADA. I feel like everybody's forgot about ADA. COVID came and everybody was, we were all talking about ADA like it was the most important thing in the world, then COVID hit. You'll see those expectations for ADA shift and adopt a lot of the kind of COVID expectations too. So I think they'll eventually be married together. But in the meantime, Good, they're still talking about it. Incredibly valuable. Yeah, definitely. So we got local marketing mastery, shocking electric bills. That's a cool session name. That. Yeah, I know. That was pretty good. That was a great name. Working with yeah. the family business. I like it. Simple things to enhance your business. New guests. Really great. All right, wait, one book. Yeah. So sessions. That's a good session, enhancing the guest experience at Disney way. Like uh, the yeah. Carolinas Association had that guy and I saw him probably 2018, 2019, something like that at a conference. Uh, that guy teaches a really good session on guest experience. He used to work for Disney. Yeah, that's awesome. Cross-cultural understanding. Oh, there's a spelling mistake. We got to email Arvik. So we found one. We're not just picking on Jason now. Cross-cultural <laughs> understanding. Sorry. Sorry, Arvik. Uh, we're just helping uncover all kinds of helpful things here. So insurance jeopardy. Ooh. Yep. Like it. Marketing ideas. Let's guess. Marketing ideas. Yeah. So much content. It's incredibly valuable to, so, uh, how much is it to go to the, how much, how much is this going to cost me? Daryl, Daryl, we can't point out more than one spelling would take. I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> Violet. Blue. I, 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 I <laughs> The editor-in-chief is showing. Your editor-in-chief is showing. Um, I know. That's not Daryl's fault. He does proofreading all day. But yeah, how much is it to attend this Arvik show? Good question. Let's take a look and see. All right. And we have to back out of the agenda. Yeah, let's see. Space is limited. Register. Oh, just click the register now and see if there, it's there. Yeah. One thing that was just passed over is people, uh, some owners can get it for free by becoming a registered hosted buyer. Mm -hmm. So uh, in exchange for their attendance, they uh, schedule meetings with specific vendors to, uh, to get a demo of the product. Cool. Okay. I like this. It says four ninety five for single registry. Oh, there we go. Yeah. And uh, four sixty if you're for the group, if your members multi person registrations. Okay. Cool. You've got it up there now. Yeah. Yes. Four ninety five, nine ninety five for non members multi person registration. Oh, that's cool that they have a multi-person registration now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Some add-on expenses, all that kind of stuff. Cool. So, nice. oh, POW will no longer feature a takeaway toward your logistical challenges, but that's okay. POW is valuable in and of itself and by itself. So I've, I've spoken at a couple of those. Okay. Was there anything else, Daryl? Are we missing or we're already over an hour? Wow. Look at that. So time flies. There we go. Let's super quick, super quick scroll through Jellystone because I'm sure we yeah. have stuff to do, but <laughs> Jellystone's a, a really good convention. I was there, I think for the 
first or second time in 2019, but <laughs> speaker just keeps scrolling lunch. Pictures awards center presentation. They, they do a really good job with their entertainment and the awards presentation. Yeah. I have a lot of fun. Like the ballrooms are really, I remember when I went there, I think it was 2019 or 2018, whatever. The first time I was there, I didn't bring a tux with me. And so they have everybody dressed up and it's one of the dinner award presentations. Everybody dresses up in a tux. So I had like a nice shirt pants on, but like I was super underdressed and embarrassed because everybody literally had a tux on. Not a suit, you want a tux. I don't have a tux because I lost weight. Like I'm healthy over here. Okay. It's not my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm noticing the dates for this overlap with our fixed dates as well. That is tough for operators who want to access more content, especially I suppose this is virtual or in-person only, correct? It's in-person. Yeah. yeah. And Arbix. So yeah, that does make it complicated to, to consume that content. Again, another great benefit to doing virtual is that ability to watch stuff back later and be able to consume Do a lot. more. Yes. Yep. Acceptability. I agree. Overall, I think what we've discovered here is that we've got a lot of great educational content because it's coming up a lot of great trade shows, a lot of great different agendas. People are tackling things that are state-specific, national, and from a multitude of angles, hybrid, non-hybrid, virtual, yeah. non-virtual, and really excited to see some of this stuff come together. But particularly, obviously, we've got Joss and Lori on here. So um, Joss is ECLCA, and, and I'm really excited to see what 2023 brings with that with a hybrid event and how... Yeah. Maybe you could set the example of a standard for the industry with how that should work and how that should work well. And then, of course, Lori's like Lori. brand new, different is good. We have it's Arby's really there. Exciting. Is there an Arby's in Branson? I feel like we should find out. <laughs> there is. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. You're all right. And you're all invited. Come on down. <laughs> yeah, it sounds amazing. We've been uh, well, spreading the word on our travels, Lori. I actually just talked to the uh, owner of this establishment yesterday. Found awesome. Going. Wow. Awesome. Cross promotion. Very cool. Does anybody have anything to add before I wrap up the show? Do we have any final parting words? I just want to say good luck to, to you guys with the, on these events. I think it's they bring so much value to memberships and campground owners and the industry as a whole. I, I really, you know, think that they, you deserve a lot of commendations. It's a ton of work and, uh, yeah, I really appreciate all the effort and the innovation doing this new stuff to really address how things are shifting in the world. I'm excited for, to attend every show I can. Here you go. And you bring up a good point too, that people often overlook, right? How much work is involved with these shows? Like, it's not just a cool, I put up a page on a website. People that are going to speak. And yeah, I really appreciate all the things that all of the executive directors are doing and the, and the board members and the people who put together these conferences and the vendors who are attending, but just the amount of work that's involved, especially to pivot and create new things, which both Josh and Lori are doing. Yeah. Really excited to see how this changes our industry. So thank you guys for watching another episode of MC Fireside Chats. I really appreciate you guys being here next week. Kara on the spot. Are you ready? What are we doing? Open discussion. Open discussion. A big group of great guests to join us to talk about all kinds of current events, industry stuff. We just wing it the first week of the month to talk about what's happening. <laughs> this is going to be fascinating though. Next week, Daryl is working on a press release for us. It's secret, but we're going to have the same like total of 10 people on for the first Wednesday of every month going forward. Me, you, Daryl, obviously, but we've got seven other really cool people from the industry that are CEOs and executives and, and they're going to 
join us to comment on this stuff. And so right. we'll be announcing that and that's their first week. So remember, you can listen to us as a podcast. Uh, we're available on Apple, Spotify, all those kinds of places. If you missed the show or missed part of it, you can catch us on mcfiresidechats.com. Really appreciate you guys watching and we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching this episode of MC Fireside Chats, hosted by Brian Searle and Kara Sismadia. Have a suggestion for a future show or want to see your campground or company as part of an episode? Email us at hello at moderncampground.com. Join us next week for another episode. And don't miss the latest outdoor hospitality news and commentary from around the world at moderncampground.com.